Skinny Trees, Lift Health for All is a podcast from the Center for Health Equity Transformation, gathering voices in research and communities around Chicago. Conversations and interviews will discuss the importance of achieving health equity, highlighting health disparities, and exploring innovative ways to improve health for all. Thank you for joining us on Skinny Trees, Lift Health for All. We, like many of our fellow Chicagoans, are staying home and practicing social distancing to flatten the curve. We are here to present a mini-series, COVID-19, in our Chicago communities. Each mini-episode will focus on a different community in Chicago to find out how they are coping with these difficult times. This episode features our colleagues, Maggie Nava and Edgardo Ramirez, interviewing the Lourdes Castañeda, a longtime community health advocate and a research assistant at the University of Illinois at Chicago Center for Health Equity Work. Welcome, Dolores, Maggie, and Edgardo. Thanks, Evangeli. Thank you, Alessa. So, Dolores, thank you so much for, for doing this. Um, I know that um, you are always advocating for the community, especially in Little Village, so we appreciate this so much. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, I want to echo what um what Maggie's saying too. Um, I think it's re- it's really important to get uh, community voices um on this podcast, especially during during these really tough times. So we really appreciate you uh, taking the time. Thank you. But let me start with my feelings about my community. Um, right now it's a very like uh, everyone we had difficult moments. But I start touching um, people, they call me and told me about the issues they have, especially street vendors and people from the community, they're so afraid what is going to happen for this population to pay bills, to pay rent, to even even um, have something to eat at home. And I send some research, so I give information to them to get uh, like a pantry to get food and everything. But a lot of people in the community they don't have transportation, or or they have children in the home. They are afraid to go out because so many rumors in the community about ICE, about the, the Guardia Nacional is with us, and uh, the police. They don't want to have contact even with the police. Uh, and people really inside in the houses and afraid to coming out. And, uh, and my concern is about the oldest population because we not really uh, focus in them, in that population. Uh, some uh, senior citizens call me, they know her food and home, and I wait for them to coming out to get it. And I want, I wonder, uh, some organization can go to the place where they donate food and get food for these uh, senior citizens. They can go out because they feel sick or they feel afraid to come out. So, Dolores, you, mm-hmm. you've touched on, on a lot of the items that um, we wanted to ask you about today. One of them being is uh, how does the COVID-19 pandemic uniquely impact your community and bring the existing issues to, to the surface. Um, you've mentioned mm-hmm. undocumented population of the elderly. Can you tell us more about your experience? I know that uh, you and I have had conversations where it's been very difficult for you to just stay at home knowing that mm-hmm. there's a need out there. 
Can you talk about how you've been yeah. dealing with that? It, it's for me so difficult to be at home because my children, they don't want me even to go out. They're watching me 24 hours not to move. Uh, and for me, it's a frustration just to hear so many organizations say, oh, yeah, we have resources for these people, but how people want to get a resource. And sometimes when you and you go into the places to pay the bills or to pay the electricity, uh, they asking for some kind of documentation. And uh, for me, it's um, difficult to not be out there and be there with the people and be present in the moment. Like uh, right now, we have this family who's a uh, son and daughter was killed through violence. And uh, a young man died like a three weeks ago and her, her, his sister was gone too and she died like a week ago. But we know her the money for funeral. Um, my, his, my family, the mice in the hospital. And then they called me, they, they killed another young man and story and trombone. All these kind of issues like, uh, okay, um, we focus on coronavirus, but it's uh, on other issues in the community. And, um, and I'm concerned about, too, about how people protect themselves and how they can access to medical um, assistance. You know, it's like, um, this is my concern about people and not to be, to get more, um, support for them because like I said an organization put a lot of information but it's hard to even go to get a resource and the other situation is about the media the media um, put a lot of information because right now the people just watching television most of the people the news and when you see the news is so many things People believe to like I yesterday sent me a message. They told me at 11:40 the government is gonna put like a some kind of, ¿cómo se dice Maggie? Como que iban a matar el virus por el aire con un helicóptero. There's a rumor going around that they're they're going to um, get rid of the virus by flying helicopters. Yeah. And, and people consider about that and send me a message, Dolores, what do you think about that? And I'm, I try to figure out and they say, no, this is not going to be, you know, can do that. But people believe wherever the media, wherever Facebook wow. put there, and people so scared and, you know, about that. Yeah, I haven't heard the rumor yet about the, the helicopters, but I'm really glad you brought that up. Um, I guess just circling back a bit to... Uh, how how this um, stay-at-home order is kind of affecting people in different ways. Uh, how would you say that this um, stay-at-home order right now is is affecting the homeless population? Right now, it's very difficult for the homeless because they die in the street. And in my mind, I say we hear in the comfort in our houses, but they in the street, complete in the street. And I understand the homeless who's not legal in this country, who's afraid to go to shelter. Even the shelter is far away from Pilsen and Little Village. And the, the, the situation when these people are going to the shelter, they throw 
all the belongings to the garbage. And when they release on the shelter, they don't have uh, blankets, they don't have anything. And, and the, the situation is to be in, in, that, in that shelter, you need to be early and walking over there. And these people called me and they told me they don't have food because churches is closed right now. And these are places when the homeless, they provide something to eat. And uh, they don't have a clothes to put on because, you know, like yesterday, it's a little snow and the things get wet. And um, they they told me to homeless die now for coronavirus before chronic uh, issues because a lot of homeless has seizures. They have so many situations in their life. And um, and I wish we can have a specific place yes for this kind of population. I don't know. It's very difficult moment for these um, homeless. And the other problem, they know they're not drinking water because where they gonna drink water? They, the library um, is closed, and plus they can go to McDonald's or Burger King because they not let these people come coming inside in the building. And so when uh, Head time they can go to the bedroom there or something, but right now they're not let these homeless to come inside in the building. Absolutely. Um, and I think in, in times like this, uh, the homeless population especially is, the, I, w- I would argue, one of the, one of the most vulnerable uh, populations mm-hmm. because, because of the stay-at-home order and because all these businesses are um, closing down. Um, mm-hmm. I guess kind of so that kind of leads to the next question. Uh, which is what have you seen or, or witnessed um, within the like the little village community, um, community members doing for each other, uh, to the homeless but, population, but for each other just in general. Yeah, in general, right now we passing food one and another. Like for example, somebody has more right, they the neighbor no head right. They they change food. Like uh, I had tomatoes and I passing you rice. Oh, but then I had contact, no physical contact. I said, I'm going to leave it in the front of your house and you leave me the other, you know, um, tomatoes and I grab it. And for example, for me, they bring a lot of beans and cane and I leave it there. People come together. Is that way we not, we not physically see us, but we just put it in the, in the house. And uh, I start passing. A flyer, yes, put it in specific places like La Chiquita, laundry place. Now, yes, give it to the people, yes, put it there for people can grab it, how to call in case the emergency, how to protect ourselves with the coronavirus, things like that. And, um, and I see more like a prayer, people prayer, um, sending, uh, you know, like a let's pray right now together at three o'clock, for example. Or let's let's check in this uh, in this family. I hear this family needs something, and then they we connected that way, because right now it's the San Agnes is completely closed. Before we can get together in San Agnes and bring things there, but because it's completely closed, we we communicate that way. Call. Uh, we had so many. I had so many um, names and numbers, and people send me, and we back and forth and. 
like uh, they call me right now this older population uh, to this couple they know her food and home and uh we get together and they bring like a food here in my house and these young men go pass the food to this uh, couple thing like that we do it that way and uh and for example the street vendors call me and say what do you think dollars i can go out i said don't go out because you're gonna have struggle with the police stay home i understand it's hard moment but don't go out because you're gonna have more trouble yes being the street and people just call me and i try to guide people like a, my telephone is like a social service call me all the time people and i take notes and try to connect people that way is the only way i can do it but for the homeless it's more difficult for me because um the homeless call me and say, we don't have clothes, we wet right now, we don't have blankets, but I don't know how to deal with in that, in that kind of situation because right now I know her car and, you know, I can't be just be in the street passing that. I don't know how to do that. I want to um, let people know what La Chiquita is. Dolores mentioned it. La Chiquita is a um, a local grocery store here at Little Village, and everybody in Little Village goes to La Chiquita to get our, our groceries, and I say out because I also live in, in Little Village. Thank you, Maggie. I think it's important for our listeners yeah, to have some of those details, just to kind of give some context, because, you know, I, I think it's, you know, what the stories that you're telling is a lot of, like, uh, what's happening, like, is, da- you know, daily down in Little Village, um, mm-hmm. It just kind of goes to show that that there's strong community leaders such as yourself that are like living there are kind of banding yeah. together to provide some of the support that unfortunately, you know, like folks aren't able to receive elsewhere. And it just really, really kind of goes to show that it really does take a village to, to mm-hmm. you know, to, to help people in this in this uh, time of need. Yeah, I, I think at this point we need to unite it and try to support one and another and that way you can because it's it's difficult um just go out and uh, and, and try to promise things like uh, this lady called me and told me oh we try to get uh you know like a dispense for people and uh, food and everything just give me names and we can deliver it to them and i pass the name to them just to deliver it for people who told me they short right now in food and home and uh and some people told me i have only for one week and i try to just get these families and start looking around how we can provide food they can cook in home for another week at least and uh and people call me too they say they don't have no more a place to work and I went there to speak to the jornaleros in Home Depot, the men who are standing there. And I interviewed them and I, um, I asked how affecting them this coronavirus, how they protect themselves. And uh, they try to protect themselves, but it's very hard for this population too, because they need to be there um, exposed in this kind of uh, coronavirus and uh, they say they don't have choices to because they need to work and uh, this is the most vulnerable population who's we need to be yeah yes what we're gonna do when everything is over how to continue support these um, 
people, what do you say to folks who, or what do you tell people who cannot stay at home like we are being told or ordered to do because they do have to go to work and they do have to pay bills. Is there anything that as a community we can help out? But I try to explain to them, yeah, I understand, but it's important to protect yourself, to protect your family, protect your community, because in case you're exposed uh, to this uh, situation, you're going to be, um, you know, put in risk or more people around you. And when I do the interview, I, I go, I say to be far away for them. They know me. I said, don't get offended, but it's like a, I try to be just far away, just hear the, whatever they say, and try to cover myself, and they not really protect. And one day the, the men say, oh, yeah, I just not checking hands, and, uh, and I understand we need to be at home and eating healthy. But I believe these people are not eating healthy. They're not drinking water. They're not really healthy. And even I explain to them, even people who lose like a very strong, they can have that, that virus. You know, not not thinking because you uh, you think you're healthy, you're going to be fine. You know, everybody's exposed. And people have the mentality only all the population can die or be, or be um, contagious. I said, no, if people can be passed to another people. But I don't know, they listen to me because I'm not come back to, to see what they're doing. But um, I explain to them and I bring some resources about um, access to uh, medical um, and places they can get something, uh, countries to get some food. and. The other thing I provide is like in case they can have money to pay for bills, they can go to the places and in case they don't have money to pay the rent, they are allowed to stay there because of this crisis. You know, I just think that um, we see, I don't know, they really pay attention on that. I just want to thank you on behalf of the, the podcast that uh, for all the, the services that you're providing right now to 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 our communities um i think it's 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 really important during this time and um we're really lucky to have you um yeah i guess kind of on that note do you have any any additional resources that that you want to share but i have like um only the basic resource like um where they go to have food where they go to uh asking for pay the electricity about rent, things like that, but not, not a lot, you know. And uh, I go, I doubt the situation is probably in case they go in over there, I don't know, they're going to ask for documentation or things like that. And yeah, it's so, it's so little resource, you know, because everything is uh, free, you know, like uh, so many people not working and probably it's hard even to get resource. No, I, I don't know. The only resource I have is uh, moving community members, you know, passing food, like uh, like uh, coming to the houses and put the food there, things like that. Small food for people, yes. Uh, okay. 
So for the, the, the free food, um, what resources are you referring folks to for, for obtaining food, especially for those who may be homeless or, or others who, who could really benefit from this free food that's being offered? I know you mentioned that you're um, kind of organizing, you know, doing some community organizing, really, and, and moving community members to, uh, you know, to provide food um, kind of without any contact. But um, when you are referring folks to get this free food, where are you referring them to? It's Amor de Dios, it's in Sawyer in 2356, and I put a open, and then uh, I had another resource about in case they want to desalojo, in case they they want to throw these people out because they don't have money to pay the rent, I put a phone and they can contact. I had UIC, Kukani uh, Hospital, I had um, the Christian Clinic, uh, uh, Jorge Prieto, um, I had, um, you know, not, not too many. <laughs> you know, I had very little um, resource. And they send me more information uh, over here for more resource. And I can um, I can share with the people too. That's great. The, the the resources that you're providing are really helpful, and I'm sure um, if if you send this information to us, we can also uh, try to promote it through through our channels. We'd be more than happy to do that. Um, I guess just to kind of wrap things up, uh, just this last question. But how do we ensure our communities move forward from this pandemic after this stay-at-home order? I believe. Right now, we need to provide like a place they can apply for compensation, you know, when you're not working and, uh, and, and maybe put um, places when they can go to apply, things like that, because a lot of people is like a no, no place to work. Even I had a temple of my brother, they working in a factory and they, they're in home because they told them, you know, that, you you can we let you know when you need to come back, but we don't know we we gonna hire you back. And they working for so many years in that place, and um and you know people has this difficult difficult moments. So they don't know they gonna coming back to work or yes gonna be um, working part time or I don't know it's it's very difficult to say right now. But I, I know it's gonna yeah. be a very, very, I don't know. It's right. hard for no, me to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, we don't we don't expect you to, to have all the answers. It's just really important for us and our listeners to hear um, perspectives from prominent leaders like you in, 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 our, in our communities. Um, but yeah, this is a, a time of a lot of uncertainty and it's, it's hard to it's hard to know what what comes what's coming down the mm -hmm. road. Um, yeah, we don't know what is gonna happen right now. We hoping everything is done soon, but we don't know yet. So I I All just right. want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for everything that you do. Um, I know I know that Little Lily is in great hands with you, and we appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to wash your hands for 20 seconds 
Cross knees into your elbow and don't touch your face. Again, thank you for listening. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the speakers and authors and do not necessarily reflect or represent the views and opinions of the following entities. National Institutes of Health, the National Cancer Institute, Northwestern University, Northwestern Medicine, Northwestern University Feinberg School of Medicine, the Robert H. Lurie Comprehensive Cancer Center, the Institute for Public Health and Medicine, University of Illinois at Chicago, and Northeastern Illinois University. Skinny Trees is proudly produced and edited in the Center for Health Equity Transformation, led by Dr. Melissa Simon at Northwestern University. Dr. Simon is a member of the United States Preventive Services Task Force, USPSTF. This podcast does not necessarily represent the views and policies of the USPSTF. Due to the social nature of this podcast, the content used might be copyrighted by another entity or person. This podcast claims no copyright to set content.